thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Sidekick, where we delve into ancient societies, the ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into being the skeptic psychic. Hello, exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you and love. Sorry, if I sing anymore, I might get sued. Are we on the love boat tonight? No, we're on the great roller coaster known as love. I'd rather call it the uh, the roller coaster rather than the boot. Oh, okay, so we're on a roller. So would this be like the that little boat ride thingy that you can go on? The tunnel of love. Yes, the tunnel of love. I'm uh, not sure, but let's talk again about the wonderful, wonderful wizard that we like to call love. Yes, tonight with Valentine's Day coming up, we are going to be talking about Cupid. And if you're watching on YouTube, we ask that you like and subscribe and click the notification. If you are listening on a replay through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or one of the others, we ask you rate and review us. And what kind of rating do we like? We like a five of stars. A one, a two, a three, a four, a five. Five of stars. Yes, we do like five stars, but we'll take whatever you give us. And please leave a review as we do read reviews online. I'm sorry, on air. Not online, but on air. We also and... do read it online, too. <laughs> Before we read it on air. And what are your plans for tomorrow for Valentine's Day? Work, 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 work. Oh, exciting. Yes. I think we're going to be having lunch at Mercy's favorite restaurant, which is uh, P.F. Chang's. So yeah, he's we excited went, about that. We went to uh, the wonderful uh, Subway to, uh, to have our lunch. Oh, how we romantic. Went, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we went over to Hobby Lobby, which is a wonderful place. Uh, did they make you heart-shaped subs? No. Oh. So, did you happen to catch the Super Bowl yesterday? Nope. I hear that um, Raymond says hello. Hello, Raymond. It's just another Manic Monday. Yes, it is. Um, I do hear that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so congrats yes. to them. I have a friend who lives in Kansas City, and he was telling me that their business is closing for Wednesday because that's when they're having their whole parade for winning the Super Bowl. Right. But the company's not paying the employees. They're giving them the day off and closing down business for the parade, but they're not paying their employees, which I think is just totally ridiculous. But uh, you know how companies are these days. Yes. Well, they're also looking for, uh, you know, the fact of everybody wants, you know, more money. And so, Yes. So I did catch one of the Super Bowl commercials, though. I don't know if you saw it, but it was about um, this company talking about how they call their employees rock stars. And so it had all these um, 
rock stars. Yes, they had all these rock stars on there. And they were all saying, you know, don't call yourself a rock star unless you've actually lived a life and this and that. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end, it's got um, the, they're like, hey, who's the new guy and this and that? And Ozzy Osbourne turns around and he's like, the name's Oswald. And I just thought that was hilarious because I love Ozzy. Um, one of our user or viewers says that they're eating a pint of Cherry Garcia while watching. And then Raymond says that he has no plans for Valentine's except the same as he does every other day. Is that take over the world, Raymond? The same as we do every day? Try to take, take over, over the, the world. world. <laughs> Wearing shiny pants and building a clam petting zoo. Yes. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into our topic tonight? Um, now, what is our topic guess... tonight, by the way? Well, we are going to talk about that cute chubby cherub, the mythic god Cupid. Ah, Shelly's eating the ice cream. Ah, Make sure you share. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Make sure I'm you share, for... Shelly. <laughs> Yeah, where's mine? <laughs> I want yes. ice cream. Yes, we are going to be talking about that chubby cherub that has been associated with Valentine's Day and love known as Cupid. So why don't you kick us off? Well, hold, uh, it has been portrayed uh, on TV by numerous of people. One of them happened to be uh, the man who played Captain, or excuse me, Dr. McCoy in the reboot of Star Trek. Really? Yes. What was he on it as? He played Cupid on Hercules the Legendary Journeys. Ah. See, I, I tend to remember the Cupid from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, where it was a middle-aged man with curly fuzzy hair running around in a diaper shooting people with his arrow okay well that's typically you know we've had uh elmer flood play the uh uh play that in one of the uh in the movie uh or in one of the cartoons with daffy duck and bugs bunny yes so yeah so uh just cannot re- remember the actor's name. Uh, he's uh, also betrayed as Judge Dredd uh, with the actor, not the Cupid. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's yeah, go ahead. that would be an interesting Cupid is Judge Dredd. Well, like I said, the the actor also played Judge Dredd and Doctor McCoy in the reboot. But the mission of Cupid. Typically conjures up an image of a cherub infant wielding a bow and arrow, but this wasn't always the case. Long before the Romans adopted and renamed him, and way before his association with Valentine, Cupid was known to the Greek as Eros, the handsome god of love. One of the first authors to mention Eros, circa 7000 BC, was Hesarod, one of the earliest Greek poets, often called the father of Greek poetry. 
In his first epic, called the Theologically, he outlined the lineage of the gods and tells us how they came to be and how they established permanent control over the universe. Hesiod stated that the world began with a spontaneous generation of four beings. First arose chaos, then Gaia, referred to as Earth. The ever-sure foundation of all, Tartarus, the depths of the Earth, a place very much like hell, and Eros, desire, fairest among the deathless gods. Eros was described as the graceful Eros, with whom glittered golden wings, shift as a whirlwind of the tempest. Yes, later tradition made him the son of Aphrodite, who was a goddess of sexual love and beauty. Also, he was fathered by Zeus, the king of the gods. Or. I'm sorry? Either Zeus or. Uh, he was either fathered by Zeus, Ares, who was the god of war and of battle, or Hermes, the divine messenger of God. Eros was a god, not simply of passion, but also fertility. As his brother was Anteros, the god of mutual love. And this was sometimes described as his opponent. Now, Eros is often depicted with a bow and arrow. Eros, arrow, hmm, yep. makes you wonder. And he, it is said that he uses this to make people fall in love or be indifferent to love. So he used two kinds of arrows, two. He uses a golden arrow that sparks love and a dull-weighted arrow full of lead that causes the victim to be disinclined with a lover. So if you've got that stalker that you just want to get rid of, you can call upon Cupid and he can shoot him with that lead arrow. Yeah, mm -hmm. that stalker will leave you alone. Don't need a restraining yep. order, just need Cupid. One sec. Exactly. Yes. Sorry. Oh, doing the podcast. Come have a seat. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, Mercy's here to join me tonight. Hello. Welcome. Please sit down. Take uh, <laughs> uh, take your shoes off. Join us for a spell. Yes. And armed with a bow and a quiver filled with both golden arrows to arouse desire and leaden arrows to ignite aversion, arrows struck at the hearts of gods and mortals to play with their emotions. And one story from ancient Greek mythology, which was later retold in Roman authors, Cupid, a.k.a. Eros, shot a golden arrow at Apollo who fell madly in love with a nymph named Daphne. Watch out, Scoob. <laughs> right? No, not Scoob, Fred. Fred, okay. Yes. Um, after he shot the arrow at Apollo to fall in love with Daphne, he shot a leaden arrow at Daphne so she would be repulsed by him. She went for, da uh, for Freddy. Yep. Yep. There is another event that took place that uh, took uh, sweet little Cupid by surprise. Did you know that he once was in love? Oh, yes. Mother Aphrodite, very jealous of a girl born. Her name was Psyche. She was a beautiful woman that outshined even Venus Aphrodite, and people began to worship her. Venus 
turned to her son into a hideous beast and sent him down to fall to have Psyche fall in love with him. By accident, Cupid shot himself, ooh, and a foot, mind you, with a golden arrow and fed madly in love with her. Ashamed of his appearance, he would show up at night and watch her sleep. One night, she awoke and demanded that she not look at his face. When she looked upon his face, he becomes angry and leaves. Psyche grows to miss him and searches everywhere, but does not find him. Desperate to find the man, she asks Venus for her help. Venus decides to help her, but only if Psyche completes three tasks. She has to sort grain and steal a fleece. And the final one has to take a box into the underworld and capture her beauty. The catch, she cannot look in the box. Psyche fails by looking inside the box, which contains a sleeping potion. She drinks it and falls asleep. Cupid had been helping her complete the task without her knowledge. And when she falls asleep, she asks Jupiter, a.k.a. Zeus, to help him out. Jupiter speaks to Venus to, to tells him, Look, you best calm down. Because Days in love. <laughs> Psyche then awakens up and is made immortal so as to spend help forever with her love, Cupid, a.k.a. Eros. Now it is known, he knows now what it is to be loved and to love as well. Yes, after successfully completing the task, Aphrodite does relent and Psyche does become immortal to live along side Eros forever and together they had a daughter named Voluptas which means physical pleasure or bliss. Now in Greek mythology Psyche was the defecation defecation thank you sorry words don't like yes. um, of the human soul. She was portrayed in ancient mosaics as a goddess with butterfly wings. It's an ancient mosaics. Mosaics. Mosaics, mosaics, tomato, tomato. Who knows? Um, Let's all call the old thing off. Yes. Um, and the reason for this is because psyche was also the ancient Greek word for butterfly. Oh, look at the psyche. See it flying in the air. It's a nice color the psyche. The Greek word psyche literally means the soul, spirit, breath, life, or animating force, which, of course, now we get from the psychic, you know, everything has to do with the psyche. So I am the butterfly. I am the butterfly. I am the butterfly. Wow. Now you sound like you're uh, Muhammad Ali. Float like oh, the butterfly, sting like sting the like bee. bee. Don't mess with me. I am Psyche. There you go. Yes. Yes. He was actually trying to build up his Psyche with that chant. So yes. that fits. <laughs> In the poetry of the archaic period, Eros was represented as a handsome immortal who was irresistible to both man and gods. In the later satirical poets, 
He is represented as a blindfolded child, the precursor to the chubby Renaissance child that we all know and love. In early Greek poetry and art, he was protected, I'm sorry, he was depicted as a young adult male who embodies sexual power. So, you know, those built abs, you know, and that that crease going down that all the women just love. That's what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, he then goes backwards from the well-built, fully grown man to a youthful teenager and then to the blindfolded child, then to the chubby faced toddler that we see today. That is that chubby little cherub, cute little thing, you know, again, Elmer Fudd, that I always see when it's singing. Now, Cupid himself uh, does become popular in the Middle Ages, went underneath Christian influence. He had a dual nature as heavenly and earthly love. The Renaissance renewed interest in the classic philosophy endowed him with a complex meeting. In contemporary popular culture, Mind you, Cupid is shown drawing his bow to inspire romantic love and is often the iconic representation of Valentine's Day. The weaned allegedly because lovers are flighty and are likely to change their minds and boyish because love is irrational. His symbols are the arrow and the torch because love wounds and inflames the heart. Cupid is Love Love scars. Yes. Sorry. Pat Benatar, (laughs) Pat Benatar, when you're singing that song, you're actually talking to Cupid because you want him to hit you with your best shot. Yes. Of course, I was talking about heart, but. Yes. I do. That's that's not hurt. That's not heart. Yes. Love hurts his heart. That's not heart. That's not hurt. That's not heart. Going love hurts. We're sitting here battling to see who's actually going to find that first. Yes. It's Nazareth in 1974. Okay, but I think they did do a, a version of it because I remember um, hearing Hart sing it. No. Hart did not ever do it. Yes, they did. No. I see by Lazarus. I don't see them done by heart. They did do a cover of it. Yes, but I will send you the video later on of them singing. Okay, but uh, the first one to do it was uh, (laughs) Nazareth. But let's get back on topic. Sorry, everybody. ADD ADD rant. Go on. Uh huh. Now, Cupid is also uh, depicted as a blindfolded and described as blind, described by William Shakespeare in Midsummer's Night's Dreams. Love, look not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind, nor hath love mind of any judgment's taste, wings, and no eyes figured unheedy haste, and therefore love said to be a child, because in choice he is often oft so beguiled. And the tale of Cupid, the honey thief, the child god, is stung by bees when he steals the honey from their hive. He cries and runs to his mother uh, Venus 
and complaining that the small creature shouldn't have caused such a painful wound. Venus laughs and points out that the poetic justice, he is too small, and yet delivers the sting of love. Cupid sleeping became a symbol of absent or languishing love in the Renaissance poetry and art. Yes, Raymond says that he saw uh, Hart doing a version of Stairway to Heaven. Okay. That's pretty I awesome. It. I love um, Stairway to Heaven, and I'm sure they did an awesome rendition of it. Uh, the computer is bleaching. Glitching. Glitching. Yes, poor Shelly's having computer issues. Now, humor us real quick. Close your eyes and think of Valentine's Day. Close your eyes and think of Valentine's Day. Not make funny faces. <laughs> when you he think said humor us for a bit, so that's what I'm doing. I'm humoring uh, everybody for a bit. Yes. When you think of Valentine's Day with your eyes closed, what do you see? Is it hearts, chocolates, flowers, or Cupid? Do you see the bow and arrow with a heart tip? Do you think of love? Now, we're not able to hear your answers, but I'm sure at some point Cubit did cross your mind. And did you see him as a little pudgy baby with the blonde curly hair wearing that diaper and wings? Or did you see him as the young man who has a chiseled chest with alluring eyes and is irresistible? As we've mentioned, both are correct. Some embrace him and want to be struck down by love while hit with his arrow ripped with gold. Others are fearful of him, that they will be struck with his lead arrow and fall out of love or feel emotions of hatred. Now, how did the winged baby with a weapon or steadily teenager become a symbol of love? Now, Cupid is a Roman term for to desire. What Roman goddess is known for being desirable? Is it Venus or Aphrodite? Both are correct, depending on whether it's Greek or Roman mythology that you're looking at. And again, as we mentioned before, he is her son. He came into, into the world from an egg. He is one of the few gods that has power over other gods, as his bow and arrow could work for them as well, as we currently mentioned. And again, the reason that he played the little trick on Apollo and Daphne was because Apollo said that he wasn't powerful because he didn't fight in battle and his arrows were weak. So Cupid pretty much said, well, I may not be able to fight you in battle, but I can cause heartbreak, which will hurt more than any other wound. And Apollo laughed, thus creating the story told before of Apollo and Daphne. Now, in the story that uh, Cupid did pull out a golden arrow and struck Apollo and made him desire and love Daphne, Cupid then struck Daphne with a letter making her not want any man. 
Daphne came to resent and hate Apollo because of insisted advances. In the early days, that was called sexual harassment. No, that's nowadays. <laughs> yes. At a loss, another way to say get lost, Daphne goes to her father, the river god, and begs for his assistance. He turned her into a, a laurel tree. Apollo vowed to always love and worship her tree and made crowns of her branches with every victory. In honor of this sad story, the Olympians followed his trend. So basically, that the laurel uh, leaves that you see the Olympians wear as kind of a slap in the face to Daphne, who does not want this man. People, wake up. Hold on to your pants for the next bit. Or perhaps hold on to Cupid's diaper. Back with the Greek and Roman art, they did not censor much. He was depicted with a diaper only when Christianity overtook the censored desire. And, of course, America when commercialism took over. The 19th century Victorians credited with popularizing Valentine's Day and giving the holiday its romantic pen begin depicting this sheriff version of the Cupid on cards for Valentine's Day and a trend that has persisted to this day. In the Victorian era, when courtships were often convert, flowers were the language of love. Each bouquet had carried a secret message it can be decoded depending on the type of flowers chosen, their color, and even the number of blooms were uh, set up. Yes, Raymond says, shot through the heart and you're to blame. You give love a bad name. That's right. Yes. And while red roses have long symbolized romantic love, they were not the Victorians' first choice for Valentine's Day. That honor went to the humble violet. Violets, roses are red, violets are blue. Now, why did they Sugar is sweet, and Bob Hope uh, has been part of you. Yes. So why did they choose the, the violet? Because the white violet is supposed to represent innocence, while as the more famous purple violet that we all know of represents faithfulness. And this was due to the original medieval mythology of St. Valentine. According to one bit of lore, he was a priest who was persecuted by Emperor Claudius of Rome for his Christian beliefs. After Claudius imprisoned Valentine, the saint crushed violet flowers that grew inside, I'm sorry, outside his prison cell window to make ink, which he used to write his letters. And a dove was said to deliver these letters. The ancient Greeks and Romans used the bygone practice of reading omens by watching the action of birds to predict the future. And as folklore evolved, people took on the superstition that the first bird of an unmarried woman saw on Valentine's Day was the symbol of a kind of man that she would marry. If she sees a swan, it predicted loyalty of a partner. A dove meant she'd marry a kind-hearted man. A blackbird signified she would marry a member of the clergy or someone who did spiritual work. And the Victorians created cute origami-like folded paper called puzzle purses. Unfolding each corner of the paper purse revealed a sweet poem or drawing, 
Yes, this sounds very familiar to those little games that we played back in the 80s and 90s, mm -hmm. where it was supposed to tell your future of who you would marry. That's you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe even during the 60s. You, and um, they were often numbered, giving the love notes in order with the final messenger illustration in the center. So it was like, okay, pick a color, pick a number, you know. One, two, three, four, five. Right. Open it up. Yeah. Oh, you're marrying Bob. Congratulations. I hope you like Bob. <laughs> but I wanted to marry Phil. Sorry, it chose Bob. That's your future. <laughs> Fine. I'll marry John. <laughs> it wasn't just the Brits who did these. Um, some, of you, some beautiful American examples have survived the centuries and can sell anywhere from $6,000 to $8,000, which is interesting because, like I said, we made those in junior high and high school. I can't picture selling one of those for $6,000 to $8,000, but I wish I would have kept some of them. Mm -hmm. And rather than celebrate St. Valentine, people in Wales commemorate St. Dwynwen who is a Welsh patron saint of lovers. And this is on January 25th. At that time, people exchanged the usual gifts of flowers, as well as particular Welsh traditional gift, a love spoon. This was started in the 17th century, where Welshmen would carefully whittle a delicate and intricately crafted wooden spoon for the woman that they loved. Um, these spoons are still actually sold in Wells, where you can buy one. Finally, a little bit about February 14th in history. Oregon and Arizona each became a state on this date in 1859 and in 1912. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre was murder of seven members and associates of the Chicago Northside Gang that occurred on St. Valentine's Day, 1929. Some folk traditions. While the customers are sending cards, flowers, chocolate, and other gifts originated in the UK, Valentine's Day still remains to various regional customs in England. And no folk, a character called Jack Valentine, knocks on the rear door of houses, leaving sweets and presents for children. Although he was leaving treats, Many children were scared of the mythical person. A proverb said that St. Valentine's Day brings keys to the roots, plants and flowers to start to grow on this day. It's been celebrated as the day when the first work in the vineyards and in the fields commences. It's also said that the birds propose to each other and or marry that day. Speaking of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, I would love to do an episode on that at some time because it is said that um, the when the wall was broken down, the bricks were cursed. Mm -hmm. And so there's a very interesting paranormal supernatural story to that that I would love to share in a future episodes. If anybody would be interested, that would be an excellent copy. Yes, we may do that next year for St. Valentine's Day. Yes, Shelly says that she married Bob. <laughs> that is true. See, I told you. <laughs> now, in some places, St. Valentine marks the beginning of spring. 
It has only recently been celebrated as a day of love. The day of love was traditionally March 12th, the St. Gregory's Day, or February 22nd, St. Vincent's Day. The patron of love was St. Anthony, whose day has been celebrated on June 13th. Now, the birthstone of February happens to be the amethyst. Now, the reason for this is because St. Valentine is supposed to have worn an amethyst engraved with a figure of Cupid. And that's about all the information we have tonight on the history of Cupid and is he as he is. Do you have any final thoughts on Cupid? Well, uh, that's also the name of a deer in uh, uh, one of Santa Claus's uh, reindeer mm -hmm. on Dasher, Dancer, Prince, or Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. Mm -hmm. Dash away, dash away all. Yes, but that's another holiday that we but shall that discuss. Is a, that is another thing about uh, Cupid. Uh, let's see. Like I said, uh, with uh, several uh, people have portrayed uh, Cupid uh, uh, in the movie, uh, in the movies and TV show, which I did say uh, that uh, Elmer Fudd did it in one cartoon. Carl Urban was the actor I was thinking of that played Cupid on Hercules' Legendary Journeys, who played Cupid as well. He was yes. also the Greek guy, so. Um. Raymond is asking if Al Capone was part of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Um, though uh, he was not there, it is rumored that he was... The one who ordered the hit. Yes. Thank you. Um, and, you know, it's very interesting, going back to Cupid, how we today think of him as being just this cute, pudgy little baby that goes around shooting people, <clears throat> excuse me, shooting people with arrows and there's so much more about him that people don't realize, you know. And that's why I find it so fascinating who is a big fan of mythology as we are. There's a lot more that goes into these stories, <clears throat> excuse me, than what um, capitalism or TV or whatever you want to call it shows us. So that's why I really enjoy doing these episodes of about history. What do you think? Well, like I said, it uh, has always been, uh, like I said, we've always been kind of a history slash mythos slash legend uh, buffs. And it's nice to bring the, uh, the story of Cupid the day before Valentine's Day. Uh, maybe next year, if we don't do about the St. Valentine's Day massacre, we can talk about the uh, the origins of St. Valentine's Day, you know, how he became. Yes, I, I definitely think that would be a good one. I don't really want to do the massacre around Valentine's Day because it is such a dark thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I like I prefer keeping, you know, Valentine's Day more lighthearted and, you know, like an episode like this. So, you know, more about how St. Valentine's Day began and about St. Valentine and how he was marrying people in mm -hmm. private and secret and stuff. I really think that that would be great for next year. Right. Um, but next, this Sunday, we will be back at our regular time. 
Um, again, we did skip yesterday because of the Super Bowl. And Sorry. <laughs> we didn't want to compete against the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, which yes. uh, even though I did not uh, see the, uh, the, uh, the game, I was very much turned off the, of what the halftime show was. I still wish they would take my uh, uh, suggestion, have Weird Al do the halftime show. I actually saw a post about that today, and I almost sent it to you about what we really want to see at the Super Bowl halftime show, and it was Weird Al. So mm -hmm. it's so funny that you mentioned that because I saw that and thought of you. Yes, that um, actually uh, had uh, a picture of uh, of uh, Paul McCartney uh, at the uh, at the game and his reaction to the halftime show, and he he was like shaking his head, like probably thinking I could do better. Yeah, and I mean I've heard mixed reviews on the halftime show. Um, some people loved it. They said she killed it. Other people said she looked really bored and it was a very boring show. So I guess it all depends. Um, like I said, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on it. Mm -hmm. um, but this Sunday when we come back, um, we will actually be discussing Skinwalkers um, and talking about what they are and their legend. And, you know, if we believe that they actually do exist. And that'll be at 8.30 Central Time, 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain, and 6.30 Pacific. And, oh, yes, actually, Raymond asks if we knew they made a movie about Weird Al. Yes, we've, I've seen it. I saw it the day it was released. Very good. May he rest in peace. Yeah, according to the movie. Yes. We don't want to confuse people because he is still very much alive. Is he? Yes. Are you sure? I'm positive. Watch the movie and, and ask that question. <laughs> yes, but we will be discussing Skinwalkers. There's even a uh, picture of uh, many of his fans going to see him, and one of them particularly looks like Al. Uh, so... Is it a Tupac thing? Is it a, a, what's his name? Andy Kaufman thing? Mm, it's more of a, uh, I would say a, a, a Tupac thing. Uh, yes, Raymond, it, it is definitely a, a parody. All to be taken in jest. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, again, if you're watching us on Facebook, um, we ask that you, oh, somebody asked what is our best Valentine's Day memory. You want to go first on this one? Mm. I really have not had a, uh, the best Valentine's Day story oh, because, on. no, seriously, I haven't. You mean you're happily married to a wonderful woman and you have no Valentine's Day memories to share? No. Well, that nope. just stinks. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorite memory is when I flew down to visit my boyfriend for Valentine's Day. 
and he surprised me with a song that he wrote for me and a proposal and that was about 26 years ago and that was with mercy who i'm still going strong with to this day happily married so his proposal was the best valentine's day ever so, i'm glad yes so if you are watching us on youtube we do ask that you like and subscribe um if you are also click that notification so you know when we go live if you're watching on twitch we also ask that you subscribe so that you can see our episodes every week if you're watching on youtube please join us in our facebook group which is skeptic psychic become one of our pod people it's a great place pod people it's a great place to hang out with like-minded people and if you're listening to a raymond says my best valentine's was when a co-worker of mine oh they agreed to be each other's valentine's that's so sweet uh, and shelly collects halloween inspired valentine's that's cool i think i've seen some of the ones you posted shelly they're really cute um but again if you're watching if you're listening to a replay on apple podcast spotify or amazon we ask that you review us and rate us what rating do we like again one, two, three, four, five stars. If you don't mind, if you don't, you know, just leave us a review. We really do like to read them. Yes, we will read it on air. And if you have anything you'd like for us to discuss, want to share a story or any questions, you can email us at info at skepticpsychic.com. Check out our website while you're there. We do have a great blog as well as some other videos that I've posted and a lot of other interesting stuff. Um, yes. Again, we'd like to thank Shelly and Autumn for doing the research for us. We appreciate everything that we they do for us. And was there anything else that I forgot? Mm, that we love them and we want them always to be happy. Yes, we love all of our viewers and we want you all to be happy. And we look forward to seeing you Sunday night, 830 Central when we discuss the skinwalkers. Yes. Yes. Maybe we'll discuss the ghost adventurers where they took some peyote to go out and look for skinwalkers and everybody got high. Or maybe yeah. we'll discuss the ranch. Yes, always gotta talk about the ranch. Yes, Raymond says, good show, thanks. Well, thank you, Raymond. We always enjoy having you here. It's always a blessing. And we hope everyone has a wonderful night. Yes, happy Valentine's, everybody. Yes, happy Valentine's Day and sweet dreams. And unpleasant nightmares. Good night. Good night.